Welcome to the Big Branding Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Allen, and in this podcast, we will explore how to build better brands because your business is your brand and it's the foundation of your bottom line. If this is your first time listening to Big Branding Small Business Podcast, thank you so much for choosing this podcast out of the millions of other podcasts you could have chosen. Or if you're a regular listener to Big Branding Small Business Podcast, thank you still the same for choosing this podcast over and over again. Now let's get into this episode. Audience research for creative intuition. What drives your branding decisions more? Research is good at times, but also intuition can really drive some amazing ideas. Intuition is built off of your circumstances as a person. So if you have not lived through and or gained enough knowledge in particular fields, then the intuition would be skewed a little bit. Maybe have some biases. So I decided to kind of dive deeper into this question and really unpack it a little bit more. There's tons of information on it, but I kind of wanted to take a little bit of my intuition and some of the information that I've gathered from other thought leaders out there and just repackage it all and offer it to you guys in today's episode. So let's dive in. Data versus intuition. It's all about striking the balance in making those critical decisions in your business. You see, the availability of so much data to a small business or large business, it really has changed in a lot of industries. And it really has enabled a lot of businesses, especially small businesses, to make more and better informed choices. However, data does provide those valuable insights you're looking for, but it's also just as equally important to strike that perfect balance between the data and your intuition. But first, let's cover what is intuition. For some that may not know what your intuition is or your gut instinct, it really just refers to the ability to understand or know something without any need for any conscious reasoning or conscious thought. It often is described, like I mentioned, as the gut feeling or your instinct. It's usually a deep-seated perception that doesn't rely on any reasoning or analysis. And intuition can show up in a myriad of different ways. So we're going to take some time and go over a few of those ways that your intuition can show up as and give you some real-world examples of what that really means. So one of the ways that your intuition can show up is immediate understanding. You see, intuition can provide a really quick and immediate understanding of any situation or problem without the need, like I said, for a conscious thought. You see, sometimes when a patient comes into a room exemplifying certain symptoms, a doctor can immediately recognize what these symptoms are and make a diagnosis without any critical data. The other way it can show up is through implicit knowledge. Sometimes intuition is linked to implicit knowledge or experiences, like I mentioned earlier, that are not necessarily consciously recalled, but they still are so embedded in who you are, they influence your decision making. Imagine a chess player making a move based on 
the intuition or the intuitive understanding of their opponent's strategy. The third way is pattern recognition. Intuition often involves recognizing certain patterns or connections between things that may not, to everyone, be immediately apparent. This can be based, again, on your past experiences, how you were raised or brought up in this world, and how you have gained knowledge through certain circumstantial things or actually gaining knowledge through the learning, the deep learning of that particular thing. Imagine, if you will, a detective. I mean, I love the show Sherlock, and it is such an intuitional thing to watch Sherlock examine a place just based on all the unrelated clues in a situation to be able to solve a mystery. Now, I know some people might argue that data is gathered through the human brain, and that is what causes the intuition to make some of these decisions and I'm not saying that you're wrong, but again, it is innately part of a human and not necessarily a spreadsheet. The fourth way is holistic perception. Intuition may involve a holistic perception of a situation, taking into account various factors simultaneously rather than a step-by-step -step analysis of a situation. And this is one that I am deeply fond of because as a designer, Sometimes you can holistically see the choices that you need to make for a right decision for a particular brand or client or whatever you're working on. Whether it's the right colors or a layout for a website or a print design, you can see the entirety of it without really having to think about it. The fifth way is emotional insight. Intuition is often intertwined with your emotions. These feelings of comfort or discomfort, that's what really drives this gut feeling that we mentioned before. And this can guide you through your responses. Now a lot of times you can see this play out in the entrepreneurial space where they have a strong sense of conviction or emotion about a new business idea, whether that's to solve a particular problem or they really think that this is going to be the next best thing. And the sixth and final way that I'm going to give you an example of is creativity. Intuition plays a role in the creative process, and it plays a big role in it. This allows individuals to make really interesting and novel connections and ultimately to generate these crazy innovative ideas. I mean, a simple explanation of this is really looking at music or a musician really improvising a new melody or a verse or a bridge or something musically based on emotion. That's one thing I love about jazz because it can just be completely emotionally driven. Now, with all those examples, it's important to note, intuition can be a valuable tool, but it's not invaluable. And relying solely on your intuition may not always lead to accurate conclusions. It can be influenced, like I mentioned before, by biases. Or, as the music example shows you, emotions. And oftentimes, depending on the knowledge that you have acquired through your lifetime, 
It can be incomplete or misinformation. That's why it is important to have a balanced approach of combining your intuition, as we went over before, with critical thinking and the analysis. And this is often the most effective way to make great business decisions. How do you eliminate biases? Well, this can be the most challenging part of working through getting your intuition up to speed with making great decisions. But don't fear. There are some strategies to help minimize certain biases and really enhance the decision-making process. However, before diving into the decision-making process, it's essential to define the problem accurately. There's an organizational theorist from the Wharton School of Business named Russell Ackoff, and he emphasized the importance of framing the problem correctly. Now, there's a book out there that I reference uh, within this podcast called Decision Over Decimals. And in that book, they stress that data cannot provide both the question and the answer. It's the decision maker's responsibility to identify the essential question and combine data with intuition to find those answers. This process requires to invest time in clarifying the problem and potentially saving time and reducing errors later. An excellent example of problem framing can be seen in Amazon's approach to new product development. You see, when employees propose a new idea at Amazon, they are required to write a press release and a FAQ page. This allows them to articulate the product's purpose, its functionality, and potential contingencies. This exercise helps identify the key information needed to evaluate the viability of the idea and it guides their decision making in the future. Once the problem is defined, it is crucial to gather relevant data, starting with market research, competitive analysis, and customer insights all can provide valuable information to support better decision making. However, it is essential to ask powerful probing questions to ensure that this data is accurate and relevant. Developing a I wish I knew question helps elicit data that is useful for decision making. And thorough data interrogation is necessary to evaluate its accuracy, to identify any potential biases, and to find out for certain its suitability for the decision that you have to make. Now that's all well and good, but what are some things that we can do to help overcome these biases? Data does provide really good insights, but what do we need to do as the decision makers to help overcome these particular biases? To eliminate biases and enhance the reliability of your intuition, you can use these strategies. The first one being, well, it's kind of a duh, but awareness, self-awareness, recognizing and acknowledge the existence of biases themselves, and understanding that everyone that's in the decision-making process has probably got some type of biases, and, well, the first step towards minimizing these biases' impact is awareness. Another strategy that you can implement is the diversity of input. Seeking diverse perspectives and gathering diverse information and also 
exposure to different viewpoints can help counteract these biases and ultimately provide with a more comprehensive understanding of the particular problem at hand. A third thing can be a reflective practice. I know it sounds all woo-woo, but regularly reflective on the thought process and the decision-making process and consciously evaluating potential sources of biases, this can help assess whether they may be influencing your intuition in this decision-making process. A fourth thing is delay any judgment. Take time before making a final decision. Pause. Reflect. These things can help any type of impulsive judgments or any kind of knee-jerk reactions that may be influencing this decision-making. The fifth thing is question assumptions. Challenging assumptions and preconceptions, well... That helps you evaluate why certain beliefs are held and whether they are based on evidence or unfounded assumptions. And the sixth thing is feedback and accountability. Seek feedback from others and be open to constructive criticism. You know, a lot of times in the art world, I love to call it critiquing because critiquing is not criticizing. But constructive criticism is just that. It is meant to be constructive and to build up, not to tear down. So keep that in mind. It's not tearing down through criticism. But use constructive criticism. And you also want to establish accountability mechanisms to identify and address any biases in this particular situation. Number seven, training and education. This accumulative amount of knowledge that you have gone through and staying informed can really help eliminate any biases that may play into your decision-making process. You just want to understand these common biases and recognize and try to just eliminate the impact that they may have when you're trying to make informed decisions. And one that kind of pairs with the diversity of input is consult others. Engage in discussion with your fellow colleagues or any mentors. Seeking alternative perspectives can counteract any individual biases and ultimately broaden the decision-making process. And then, of course, we come to the one that all these Excel heads have been waiting on, data-driven decisions. Rely on objective data whenever available. Empirical evidence helps counteract subjective biases, and it also provides factual basis for decision-making. But don't count out the intuition. Like I mentioned before, use that intuition to analyze the data that you've just gathered, to really put it through the ringer to make sure that it is accurate. Now that we've gone over some simple strategies that can help you, the decision-maker, whether it's in your small business or the company you work for, eliminate some of these biases or really hold others accountable to help them eliminate these biases. And since this is a branding podcast, the reason that I am going over this particular subject is in building your business, branding is the foundation. There is more business tied into branding than what most people 
even realize. At one point in my career, I was working for a religious magazine. And when developing the foundational components, the layout and the templates and the identity of this magazine, this particular owner had a biases towards the color purple. He had a little bit of a phobia and felt that the color purple was a little too feminine for a religious magazine. And if you know anything about religious colors, purple is at the top of the list. It is one of the most royal colors. It is used in most Christian, Western Christian religious designs and in churches. It is a highly sought after color. And I thought it was the oddest thing for him to bring his personal biases into eliminating this color from the color palette altogether because he thought it was too feminine. That's how you can really make misinformed decisions by having a personal bias that is not checked. Now that we've covered the intuition and helping keeping your biases in check and some strategy behind all that, let's get a little bit more into the data-driven decision-making. You see, this has, in today's day and age, become a cornerstone for a lot of businesses, whether they're small or large. Organizations or businesses really rely on data and the analytics to gain valuable insights, either into their customer behaviors or the market trends, or even things to help operational efficiency. This data can provide quantitative, not necessarily qualitative, basically you can quantify it being quantitative, evidence that can inform strategic choices. And they oftentimes can reduce any type of uncertainty that may be part of that decision-making process. However, data alone rarely tells the full story. Numbers and statistics may provide a sense of accuracy and certainty, but they cannot replace human judgment and, ta-da, intuition. Business leaders really, really, on a day-to-day -day basis, face critical decisions. As a business leader, you're faced with making critical decisions for your company every single day, whether you realize it or not. While data can assist in this, the combination of this information with your intuition leads to way better informed choices. Now, there is a term coined by and trademarked, so I have to give them credit here, by the Columbia Business School called quantitative intuition. And this involves leveraging both experience, observation, and subjective judgment to complement data-driven analysis. So how do you strike the balance between all that? You see, successful decision makers understand that the importance of balance between data and experience and intuition is crucial to the operations of their business. You, as the successful decision maker in your business, can and need to leverage data, one, to gain insights, two, apply that judgment that you have through your intuition 
and your sharp insights of your knowledge that you've gained within this business to interrogate the data when it comes across your plate. However, you, the successful decision maker in your business, also need to recognize that it goes beyond the numbers. I know you've probably been faced with decisions on a day-to-day, if not by minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour time frame, and sometimes you don't have the data readily available to it, and you have to go with your instinct or your gut. And sometimes you knock it out of the park, and sometimes you don't. Don't be intoxicated by the data or the information. And you, as the decision-maker, need to encourage any teammates or anybody that works with you to think beyond the data in times to really help them develop their intuition and really consider any implications there might be for your particular business or company you see being the decision maker you focus either on being vaguely right you see being the decision maker you can focus on being vaguely right rather than precisely wrong. Recognizing that even with imperfect data, decisions must be made. A structured decision-making process can guide you, the decision-maker, through navigating any complex choice. First, you need to start with the people around you. Any of the stakeholders, anybody that has any skin in the game, must first all come to an agreement on whatever your objectives are, whatever the timelines are, and any other participants to ensure that you have full clarity in the situation that you're trying to make a decision on. And you have full accountability, not just top-down, but full holistic accountability. I know in my W-2 job, we all hold each other accountable. I can even hold the president accountable, and he is self-aware enough to allow me to hold him accountable, even though I hold no particular leadership position within the company. And this really allows us to look at it from a holistic standpoint and potentially consider anything that might be reversible so that we can potentially course correct along the way and make sure that we don't have an irreversible decision down the road. You, the decision maker, should also trust your own intuition and rely on that gut instinct because that's what you've got to fact check the data against. And if you've got competitors out there and they're just going off the data, then this is where you can have a leg up when they follow that particular path of decision making. All that to be said, Be the successful decision maker in your business by balancing both data and your intuition. Leverage this data for the insights, yes. Apply your judgment, your gut intuition, and really help cultivate sharp insights along the way so that you can then interrogate any future data that comes along your path. You must recognize the value of your intuition before and beyond the numbers. Focus on accountability, awareness, and really 
making the right decisions within your company, especially when you're working with any vendor partners or anybody else within your business. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. This was one that really had me thinking a little bit deeper and really developing my intuition while gathering this data for this podcast. So not only was this an exercise for me, but I also hope it is bringing you guys some valuable insights to help you make better decisions in the future for your business. Thanks again for listening to Big Branding Small Business Podcast. Again, my name is Jeremy Allen, and I'm so thankful you chose my podcast over many, many podcasts out there to listen to. I hope everyone has a fantastic 2024, and we will talk next week.